Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. We've all had that patient where we're talking away, we're, we're trying to explain what's going on and they, they just don't want to hear what we're talking about. Or, of course, there's the patient where we're trying to get something done, get started and all they want to do is talk. If we communicate with both of them in exactly the same way, we're going to win one and lose the other or potentially lose both. It's important that when we're talking to patients that we adapt to the way they talk and the way they communicate. And Dr. Tiffany Marlin has a really great tip around that. And considering things like profiling and the way that people think through situations helps us in the way we talk with them. Dr. Tiv is an awesome guy. He's a general dentist who is really trying to make a difference and help young dentists. He's got the website drtiv.com, that's D-R-T-I-V.com, and he does coaching and mentoring and supporting for young dentists. Check his stuff out, but in this episode, we start talking about communication, profiling, and we begin with his journey in communication and how everyone thinks they're above average. That's not possible. You know, it's, it's this funny thing, like we all think we're good communicators and it's only until we learn more that we figure out, actually, I wasn't all that great to begin with. It's like, I, I always say the story, it's like asking the question, you know, who's above average driver? <laughs> like, I think, I think 80% of people put their hands up to say they're above average. And, you know, mathematically, that makes no sense at all. Like, you know, what's that? Uh, 30% of those people are lying to themselves, just mathematically. And it's even worse with communication. I've never read a resume of the hundreds that I've seen where someone said, I'm a poor communicator. Mm. Everyone puts down, I'm a great communicator, I'm fantastic. And I was the same, like at uni, you know, your patient's very accommodating, you think you're really good, you get good marks, you graduate. And it's only until you hit the, you know, the brunt of real world and start charging people for money that you really realize, and speaking to staff, like that was, that was a big thing for me that really made me realize, man, I, I may not be that good. Communication with staff or, communic- or your communication with patients and the staff mentioned things about it? Both are crucial. Um, for me, it was like a combination of my communication with the staff because when we graduate, it's a really odd position to be in. Like for me, I found it was a bit like, I don't know if you know about the military, but they've got like the officers and the, the non-commissioned officers and just the, the regular regular troops. And as a dentist, you go in as an officer. So you've got this high rank, even though you've got zero experience. And there's people that have worked in this practice for many, many, many years that are technically, I'll put inverted commas, of a lower rank than you that know way more than you do about things. And so I, I know those situations, you know, just practically where I'd be sitting there not knowing what to do and my nurse would hand me an instrument and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what I need. And I'd, <laughs> I'd start working at it. Um, and that kind of works with communication too, like, we get in there and we're like told, like, you're the leader, you're the boss, you're the, you know, you're the person in charge. And you're supposed to relate and communicate what you want. And you muck it up most often than not because of that disparity. You know, you go in thinking, I know everything. And in fact, you realize, you know, you know, you've just started learning. And same goes with patient communication too. Um, you know, back then, you know, I, I worked for someone that told me that, you know, not to mention anything indirect unless you've seen the patient for three years. So they're like, they're going to reject you. They're going to hate you. They're going to leave. And so you need to wait three years. So I went, I went pretty much two and a bit years without doing any indirect work because that's what I was, I was told. Um, and it was only later that I realized that wasn't the case. That wasn't what needed to happen. 
And I guess that was when I realized that I needed to learn learn more. I needed to learn more about what was what was going on and 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 what's happening. How did you go about that? I basically went and looked about how to understand people, and in that particular time it was like how to understand females, because you know in the dental profession there's a vast majority of females in our profession as well, um, and I'd been to you know old boys school, uni, foot and mouth my whole life, that kind of thing. And I want to see what was happening there, but I also wanted to look at, I've heard about personality profiling and I thought to myself, maybe that's got something to do with it as well. Um, so I went looking around for what was available and one popped up to me. Now, personality profiling can be very uh, contentious. Uh, we're all individuals. And so the most accurate personality profile probably has 7.8 billion different profiles in it for each one of us. But that's just way too much to remember. So you got to chunk it down, right? So how much do you chunk it down? Do you chunk it down to a few hundred? That's still too many. Um, I think that the ones that are easiest to remember, the most that I know is Myers-Briggs. I think there's 16 profiles in that one. Uh, Enneagram, I think, has nine profiles. DISC has four profiles. Uh, but the one I came to was binary. It only had two profiles. <laughs> and I was like, that's the place to start. We like simple, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I like simple. I like chunking things down. And you know, I think it's a good place to start because once you, once you know the simple ones, you can break those into smaller groups and those into smaller groups and you get a working model of, of how people work. Um, it's not the person, and that's the most important thing about profiling. It's about chunking it down to usable data that you can use to communicate efficiently. Because, you know, we all walk around with filters over our eyes that are dictated by things that have happened to us in the past. And so it's a matter of understanding what other people's filters are so that you can, you can work on this. Um, and so for me, the, the one that I came on to bind is a binary one, which was about um, filers and networkers. They were, the, they were the two. So it came about through research. Um, so back in the, I can't remember now, but I think it was back in the 70s or 60s, somewhere rather, they did a whole bunch of studies on human brains with EEGs and PET scans. Uh, basically, they put someone into one of these machines, they ask them a question to see which part of the brains light up. And so they had one group of people where at general rest, there was no activity going on. You gave them a problem and a bit, one part of the brain would light up intensely. You give them another problem and that part would die down and another part would, would light up. And so this group I call filers. So it's like they're in a, in a filing cabinet. You're in one cabinet and you're looking through that and you're working on that one, you close it. You go into another one and you open that one up. There was another group of people that they, uh, that they found which were what I call the networkers. And they had general activity all the time. You gave them the problem, the whole, whole brain lights up. They've got links to everything rather. You give them another problem, it goes back to general activity and the whole brain lights up again. And so I call them networkers. Now what they found was that these guys, these different groups were very um, correlated to, to male and female genders. So males were more likely to be filers and females were more likely to be networkers. It's not a hard and fast rule obviously, but it's just the general finding, finding that they found. And for me, I find this a very, a very, I guess, convenient way of trying to figure out what I was doing wrong and why communication wasn't working, working so well. Tell us about, uh, so uh, an example mm -hmm. or an application of that. And now I, I might assume myself I'd be a filer. 
I like to compartmentalize things. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is what this is what happened to me as a because I'm a filer. I'm 100% a filer. So I'd be working on a patient, and a staff member would walk into my room while I was working on a patient and would say something to me, and they'd be like, "Yep, yep, yep," and I keep working on it. At the end of the day, they'd say, "Did you do blah blah blah?" <laughs> and I'd say, "What are you talking about? You didn't talk to me about this." And they'd say, if you ask my wife, I'm definitely a father. There you go. <laughs> and so this is because the way our brains work, we correlate things to specific parts. So you're in the working, working on a patient file. So when someone's talking to you about sending lab work, you're not in that, that drawer at all. You need to close that and be in another drawer. Um, you know, same thing about, you know, I don't know if your wife does, but my girl, when my wife used to my girlfriend, she used to ask me, do you think about me at work? And the answer was no. Because I was I was in my work file, and so there was no room for for home or girlfriend file. That was when I was with the with the girlfriend, um, and so that was one simple application. The other one is also just the way the different groups communicate. So filers communicate to tell a fact. So it's just very matter of fact. You know, this is what I want to do. While networkers tend to communicate to build relationships. So networkers tend to use about three times as many words as filers to get the message across. And the interaction between the two can be quite hilarious at times where, you know, the networker will think that the file's not talking to them and the filer will think that the networker is just babbling on for far too long without getting to the point. Mm. But they're trying to achieve two different things. So when I talk to my friends that are filers, I'm, I don't know if you do this, but it's very succinct. It's like, hey, how are you? Good. You want to go to the movies? Yeah. What time? Nine o'clock? Sure. Okay. See you then. Bye. And, and that's the whole conversation. Where if someone's a networker, the conversation will be a lot more different. It'd be like, I got up in the morning, I poured breakfast, and then James called me, and then I talked to James about, you know, this game we're playing, and then he talked to me about his girlfriend, and she'd seen this movie, and they said it was a really good movie. And so they said, you know, they laughed so much, so let's go and watch this movie. And so they're both saying the same thing, but one is to build a relationship, tell you what, you were, what you're doing, and the other one's more about just getting those facts through. Clear aligners have revolutionized the way we can provide aesthetic and orthodontic results to our patients. Many of us want to get into this field and provide these options for our patients, but are not sure where to start. That's where Aorta, Aesthetic, Orthodontic and Restorative Training Academy comes in. Their online course, Aorta Essentials, is made to give you the foundations to take the first step. They also provide a number of live courses around Australia to help build on those foundations. With an unbiased approach, Aorta will show you the pros and cons of all the aligner systems. Get started at aortaaustralia.com.au. Thank you, Aorta, for supporting dental students and graduates, and thank you for supporting the Dental Head Start podcast. So how do you find this um, when you're thinking of communicating with your patients? Are you trying, I guess, to just do a kind of a general profile and then do you communicate differently for different patients? Definitely, definitely. Um, the, the more you can chunk it down into smaller parts, the more efficient you can be. But there's no point talking to a, a filer as a networker. So if you're with some, some just let's just put some examples, you know, Bob, and he's just a matter of fact and wants to get straight to the point. 
and you're going around in circles about talking about how this procedure is done, what we're going to do about it, how it's going to make his life better, you know, how his wife's going to think he's amazing. He's going to, he's, you're going to lose. Him. He wants to know how much it's going to cost, how much time is it going to be, and when can you get started? But the converse is true too, obviously. If you say that to someone that needs that more information, you to build rapport with them, they're going to be turned away. And so we generally connect with people that are like us. And But if you can learn the different types of ways people communicate, then you can be, I guess, someone that can appeal to all types of people. Mm. It's really interesting because that, I think, applies a lot to, you know, the concept of when we learn communication, there's these, you know, do A, B, C, and you'll get to D. But people are all different. And so if you try to, you know, spark up a 10-minute conversation at the start with someone who just wants to know the price and get it done, yeah. Um, you'll lose them. And I hear what you're saying. It really um, helps direct your conversation in that kind of situation. Does that sound right? Does that sound like a situation, the type of patients that you're thinking about? Yeah, definitely. I guess the way I try and teach communication, it's about giving people tools in their tool belt. Yeah. So it's not about saying this is the magic bullet that will help you with everything. There's a bunch of tools, and if you have a tool belt full of tools, then you can pick out the right tool for the right scenario for the right patient to make it work. It's not something that happens overnight, unfortunately. Anyone that tells you you can like do that overnight is is kind of you know lying, telling you a little, little bit of a little bit of thief. <laughs> um, so so it's really about getting as many tools under your belt to handle different situations so that you can be um, the most adaptable that you can be with people that you see. That will give you the greatest range of people you can communicate with and the greatest range of treatment acceptance as well. So for your example, we talked about the patient. If you know you're a networker and you're trying to deal with a filer, it's really simple. All you do is you just tell them the end first. You'll say, you know, Mr. Jones, look, it's going to cost you $600. We can, it'll be an hour. We can book it in next week. And then you can ask, do you want to know more details? And they'll say yes or no. And if they say yes, then you have open slather to go through all the things that you want to say. If they say no, that's fine. Then you just saved a whole lot of time. Yeah, exactly. Win-win. <laughs> um, that's right. And if you're the, if you're the reverse, and this, ha- this works in relationships too. Like, you know, if you're trying to get a point across and you're dealing with a file, you just say what you want to do. You know, hey, John, I want to, you know, go to the movies. Do you want to hear how I came up with that? And they'll say yes or, or no. Um, conversely, if you're talking to a networker and you're a filer, then you just need to start adding in the in-between parts that you were thinking about that you've just dismissed. So rather than going straight to the end, you just kind of pad it up with all the steps that got you got you to that point. And they'll think you're amazing. You'll build a relationship with them. It's it's quite fascinating. But it does it does work in um, in all aspects, not just in in patient communication, staff communication. It works with friends, with colleagues, with partners. Um, and just something really simple, like, you know, sometimes networkers will be sharing a problem for the sake of building a relationship. And as a filer, we want to solve that problem because we're all about facts. And so this will upset the networkers because they're thinking, just listen to me. I just want to build a relationship. And the files are thinking, why aren't you listening to me? Like, (laughs) I can give you the solution. (laughs) That's right. And so, you know, there's a whole bunch of little miscommunications that can be really um, solved very easily just by understanding what the other person's trying to to get to. 
I think you've just solved most relationship issues out there. <laughs> Every filer is thinking, yeah, that's been me. I know that's I can put my hand up yeah. and my wife can attest. Yeah. Um, that's the interesting thing about learning communication is this is obviously helpful for dentistry, but really it's actually helpful for our lives. We communicate with our patients, but also with our family and our friends and our children and our everybody. everybody. You know, just going to the shops, you say good day to someone, you're communicating. So it's all, it's, it's an enjoyable thing to learn because you can really make lives better for yourself and others. Exactly right. I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor and ask a question. But how do you make the most out of your CPD? I think the first step is to make sure you've chosen the right CPD. And how do you know that unless you've seen it all? CPDjunkie.com.au is made so that all of the dental CPD in Australia and New Zealand is in the one place. We've got all of the webinars, all of the live courses coming up on the website, easy to find and easy to filter. And the second step, well, it's all in the free ebook on their website, cpdjunkie.com.au, the home of Australian dental CPD. Thank you for supporting dental students and graduates and thank you for supporting the Dental Head Start podcast. Now that you understand this kind of thing profiling really relatively well and you started with the binary concepts, are there more concepts underneath that you think about or are there any you can share that are a bit deeper than those two? So the next one that I could find was DISC, which is, uh, which is the next smallest group. It breaks into to four different uh, profiles, which I, I think you're familiar with too, aren't you, David? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. So you've got, um, it's, uh, it's DISC, D-I-S-C. So D is for directors. They're, pe- they're the people that are really straightforward, you know, assertive. They know what they want. Um, you can almost call them like the director types in inverted commas. Um, you've got the eyes, which are influencers. They're the people's people. You know, they get energized by being with people. They're usually people that are on front desk for us. Um, they like talking, they like communicating. They want to make, um, you know, everyone, um, happy to, to be out and about. You've got the, um, the S which is stabilizers. Stabilizers are what most of, um, our dental nurses would generally be. They're stabilizers. They're the caregivers. They like giving uh, care to people. They like, um, you know, having stability so they don't like change too much. They just want to know what they need to know and kind of just keep going that way. And C are the conscientious ones. They're the ones that are really into detail. So the accountants almost, you know, they like, you know, attention to detail. They dot every I, cross every T. They're more about tasks than about people. It's interesting um, because this concept, uh, like you said, it's not, you know, it's not abundant in all communication discussions, except I've actually, we've had a number of guests on the podcast who have brought up similar things. And in fact, um, John, Dr. John Hagliasis from Aorta um, talks about the DISC um, concept. And, and, and I think that one also, it's quite good because it can, people can fall into a little bit of both and, the, and it's, I don't know how to explain it, but it's one of those um four squares things and they can be in top left or top right etc yes. and um it, it's interesting because it it has come up a number of times this is clearly something that is really useful and it's clearly something that people should be thinking about at least on the the first stage as they're trying to develop their communication that's right i mean we all say in order to to communicate you need to first understand and so i found the more you can train yourself in how to understand other people yeah the easier life becomes and the, the more you can actually communicate across. So communication is a two-way street. Um, you know, I could say something to you and think I passed it on 
but you might have got something completely different if your way of, of thinking is, is different. And I can offend you without knowing it. And this happens all the time, especially, you know, on forums and things like that where you don't get all the nonverbal cues. People get offended quite easily because the way that the words are, have come across to one person makes complete sense, but to the other person it's super offensive. And so the more you know, the more you can adapt to, to, you know, to get your point across without being offensive, I guess. Absolutely. It's such useful stuff. And obviously in dentistry, half of our job is communication. So, That's right. Um, Tiv, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.